Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting in the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast. I'm the host, Kyle Harmon, and man, tonight, I'm excited because this is the first week, full week of deer season here in Illinois, and we're going to hop on the line with a few guys that had some success and some very close calls. I know overall, there were a good handful of the team guys that had really good encounters that just couldn't quite get the job done. So we'll hop into that with a few of the guys. And before we get into that, I want to start off with where my hunting season began. And that was the week prior to deer season here in Illinois. I hunted Southern Ohio with an outfit down there or over there for me. And that was something that I just planned because really there was a few guys in camp that I really wanted to uh, just hang out with and have a good time. And, and it definitely was that, but as far as deer hunting goes, you know, this outfit had some pretty big bucks in the past in the history. So I was excited to, you know, knock the dust off and get out there and hunt. So I got down there to Southern Ohio and we had really cool weather, which was fantastic. Huge fan of that. And typically what they're doing down there at this outfit is they're, they're hunting over bait. They're hunting over corn piles and basically sending hunters where, you know, deer are daylighting or really close to daylighting and hopefully get a crack at one. And originally going into this hunt, I did not want to do that. I wanted to hunt off the bait somewhere in a transition area, whatever. And not saying that I think it's easier or anything like that. I just, just isn't my cup of tea really hunting over bait. So I get there and, and, uh, the spot, he's got a picture of this really nice big eight pointer. And this is a spot where I'm supposed to go, uh, try to hunt this deer. So he kind of picked an area and said, you know, thinks he may be bedded in this area and, Long story short, I end up going there, and on my way in, I'm tracking in with my, I've got a Hilo hanging hunt ready, and I have four, I have four of the long sticks and then one mini. I love carrying that mini as my fifth, just because that's usually the one I use at the top for getting into stand. It works out great, but anyways, I'm walking through in this cornfield. I got to walk through this cornfield, and Basically, I have to walk, the corn is planted uh, east and west, and I have to walk from south to north to get onto the other side of this corn, which is no fun to begin with. However, upon walking through this corn, I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's this viney thatch. Uh, I, I guess this field was not sprayed very good, and this stuff was so thick in between these rows, like I would hit this hard and it would just knock me back. I like I had to break th- my way through these vines to get through the corn to even get to the spot where I'm going. So obviously I was not quiet and got in there and I got skunked the first night. Absolutely skunked, not a single deer. And you know I was sitting there thinking I and I was looking out there but and maybe I'm crazy for thinking this, but here is a 350 acre cornfield and they're dump and you're dumping bait, which is basically a f- couple bags of corn. So that really wasn't 
making a whole lot of sense to me. And secondly, where this deer was bedded was pretty obvious to me where I thought he was at. He was in this corn. Uh, the spot where he originally thought this buck might be is just a real little patch, and it was a standing bean field. So I didn't think he would be out there. And anyways, long story short, I go to hunt the second night, and that second night I decided to hunt over the bait just to see where the deer were coming from out of the corn or if they were coming out of the standing corn to come to this bait site. And sure enough, I only saw does, but they came in and they were coming from the corn. So I had a pretty good idea that this deer was definitely laying in that corn. So the following day, I actually get to that farm again, and they're picking all the corn. The top side's already picked, and the whole bottom side where I've been hunting had not been picked, but they're getting ready to start on it. So I hurried up and called the guy and said, hey, this is what's going on. He's like, oh, shoot. He goes, I'll be right there. He goes, we need to go somewhere else. Uh on that same farm. So went on this top side and there's this secluded cornfield, probably 20 acres and it's completely secluded from everything with timber. And, uh, you could not see from a road or anywhere. And I really liked that. And I got in there and I decided to sit on the edge of this basically cornfield right in a little fence row and mostly for an observation sit. But I really liked this spot where I was sitting because it pinched down between that field and a neighbor's and there was a um, standing corn on the neighbor's and the field I was hunting was uh, cut corn and just really liked how it pinched down. So I get set up and I'm no more set, getting set up, putting the camera on the camera arm and look up and there's a 140 inch 10 pointer at 10 yards and probably a three year old buck wasn't going to shoot him and he he jumped across went right into the standing corn my wind is going towards the standing corn but kind of angled it was a i think it was a southwest wind and he never got my wind or anything and saw quite a few deer that night and what i noticed on that hunt was there was a drainage ditch in the middle of this field a grassway and i saw a bunch of deer come out that night and almost all of them at some point in time were coming down that drainage ditch and so the following night my game plan was to and we're not i'm not hunting mornings at this point just because cut corn feel like that i feel like those deer are going to be in that corn when you're trying to access your tree stand so decided to lay off on the mornings so then the following evening i move in i get into this fence row one of the hardest trees i've ever had to hang a stand in it just had so many dead tree limbs or broken off where somebody had knocked them down but they weren't all the way broke off and just had vines and poison eye, everything all over it. It was, it was a nightmare but I got in it right on the edge of this uh, drainage ditch and sure enough I mean piles and piles and piles of deer start coming out coming out coming out and every single deer on that hunt that I saw there was a couple small bucks or several small bucks every single deer I saw on that hunt at some point in time I could have shot within bow range so i felt really good about that and uh just just no shooters but so then that night he had that same buck show up on camera on the bottom side on the bait so i decided to move in over that direction the next evening and got close in there and the wind was next to none and there's this great big i call it a mountain but it's a big hill to them 
and this wind was just coming down and swirling. I'm like, oh, no. And sure enough, some of the deer started coming in, and one of them blew out of there and spooked everything, and it was, you know, whisper quiet, and it just is terrible. So that night, I packed everything up, came home, so I could get a few more things done uh, before deer season started here in Illinois. Now, coming into this season uh, is one of the best crop of bucks that I've ever had to chase, ever. Uh, just the sheer number of mature bucks that I've got on camera and watched. Most of them I've watched over the last few years. Uh, some of them are new, though. And the number one buck that I'm chasing to begin with is would would definitely probably be, definitely probably, I don't know about that. Uh, it would be my biggest buck to date. He is a giant. And this deer I had in the summer, but he disappeared uh, about the end of August, beginning of September. And then October came, wasn't getting any pictures, and I was hunting elsewhere, but kind of close on this farm to where I had pictures of him. And it was on Friday. Yeah, this past Friday here. We had the big cold front come in. And that morning at 4.30 a.m., 1.30 and 4.30 a.m., I got a picture of this buck about 250 yards from uh, where I had pictured of him in, in velvet. And I thought to my, and this is a big CRP patch, and I thought to myself, man, if this deer, it, and it started, it's supposed to get warmer that afternoon. If this deer hangs up in that CRP, I think he's going to go inside the timber and he's going to bed down because he doesn't want to be out in the wide open CRP in daylight, you know, and burn it up in the grasses where he has timber right there and he's water right next to him. So my, my thought process was the wind was just right to be wrong for him. And it was just right for me that I thought he was going to come into that same plot of real world clover and chicory that he did, uh, there at the end of velvet. And it was about six thirty, And I, I seen a bunch of deer already at this point past a whole, four or five, six smaller bucks. And, you know, the plan was working perfectly. And I thought, man, any minute this deer, I feel like could show up. And my phone goes off and I get a picture and it's him. And he's daylight, uh, 6.37 p.m. And he's in the other plot where he was at that morning, twice. You know, typically lightning doesn't strike twice, in my opinion, uh, throughout the majority of deer season, but this early in season, it definitely can. And that's what I was, um, you know, that's what happened. And I wish I would have picked that tree stand. I was torn between that spot or the spot I had ended up sitting. So had a 50, 50, I felt like, and, uh, you know, the, the chips didn't fall in my favor. So I hunted it the following night, which would have been last night. And, Saw a really nice 10-pointer that I know really well. It's a five-year-old, but he's uh, I'm not he's not on my list to chase. Uh, I've watched him for a few years, and he just hasn't grown anymore for the last two years at least. Uh, he's probably, hundred, like I said, 150-inch 10-pointer, and I saw another buck. This is what's really crazy. I'm sitting in the tree stand. I've been in the tree stand for over an hour and a half, and I look down, and I just see something white flashing about 25 yards away in the crp right directly in front of me pure pure daylight and i grabbed my binos and i could just see tines 
going back and forth. I'm like, holy crap, 25 yards. I had no, I, I literally walked past this deer probably within 15 yards to access this tree. And he's laying right there. And long story short, it ended up being a three-year-old buck stood up. But that hunt, what I really noticed was crazy is those both bucks, when they stood up and got out of their beds, they never moved within, they never moved more than 20 yards for over an hour. They waited till pitch black dark before they're ever going to move. And so that was not, I did not like that. Uh, Saw some other does and everything. And then tonight, literally the same, same script. Saw does stand up. They didn't move very far at all. Maybe 50, 75 yards. And then I saw another buck that I've seen for three years. He's real goofy on one side, just has a big fork that comes up. And the other side is a real nice uh, five point side. And so he did the exact same thing, stood up and literally did not move till, I mean, it was dark. So I don't know if he ended up moving or not, but, uh, so they're, they're moving, but they weren't, I guess. However, I know some of the other guys had some really good encounters and, uh, some neighbors had some success and we're going to get into those stories, but going forward, I think for this upcoming week, at least for me, uh, we have warmer weather moving in tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, they're calling for a pretty good chance of rain here and possibly get out Wednesday afternoon, but most likely Thursday will be the start again. Thursday afternoon, I'll start hunting again. A uh, huge cold front comes in end of uh, Wednesday night, and I think uh, Thursday could be good again. And I've been focusing mostly on greens just because we have so much standing crops. I mean, we've got standing corn all over, standing beans all over. They've been picking it like crazy uh, this last week and this weekend. And I hope a lot more of it gets picked. I know they've been focusing on the beans a lot, trying to get those picked before this rain comes this week, which leaves a lot of standing corn. You know, I'd much rather have that standing corn picked first, but totally understand that. It's easier to, you know, pick the corn if the weather's not as great. Versus the beans, if it, they get really, really muddy, it's it's really hard to pick those. So, really looking forward to all that getting out. But been like I said, focusing on those greens, the the clover and chicory especially, and been seeing a lot of deer. Uh, passed up a lot of deer already, just not not the one I was after. And I'm hoping that this dude sticks around. And you know, with this cooler weather coming in the middle to end of next week, uh, maybe I'll get another crack at him. But now we're going to hop on the line with uh, Sean McCrory out of Missouri and his girlfriend, Stormy, who's getting ready to give birth uh, here very soon, shot a great buck on the opening week, I believe, of Missouri. So we're going to hop in the details on that and, and how his season's been going so far. So with no further ado, here's Sean McCrory. All right, now on the phone, we got Sean McCrory out of Missouri. How are you tonight, bud? Oh, not too bad. Just got out of the woods. You said got you, done doing dishes. Yeah, keep, you had to do keep di- the pregnant. Do dishes keep already. The pregnant. <laughs> yep, keep the pregnant old old lady happy. I hear that. So, speaking of your pregnant old lady, Stormy, she had a really good opening week in Missouri, right? I don't. I don't know how you could top it. Uh, <laughs> opening, opening day, just the way it was drawn up worked out perfect so she shot a 
I guess let's do a little background here. She's pregnant. When she do? Uh, November twelfth. November twelfth. Okay, so yeah. she was almost eight months pregnant. Is that right? Yep. Almost I think eight months. A week shy, maybe. Oh wow! And and she's going out, sitting in the deer stand for a buck that uh, I believe you had quite a few daylight pictures of that buck leading up to season, didn't you? Yeah, her and I had them patterned pretty well. Uh, we we had acquired twenty acres to hunt behind our uh, house. And between the two of us, we went and set two, two or three cameras back there, not expecting to see much, but, you know, it's in a prime location. You never know what you'll see. And, and, uh, we started getting pictures of him in July and never lost him all the way through September. He pretty well stayed on the same pattern. Uh, and you don't get that very often, but. He never, he really never varied. He may have disappeared for a week where he, we were watching him out in a neighbor's bean field. But other than that, he's strict to the corn and uh, came in there so even, about every evening. So even after he shed his velvet, he still was sticking around? Yeah. Uh, he he was, after he shed his velvet, he actually became more consistent. He, he was there about 6 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. every evening. And uh, leading up to the season, four days in a row, he daylighted 15 yards from her stand. Wow! So, 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 yeah. There. So, did you did you know where he was coming from and everything? I mean, did it work out perfect where he came and all that stuff? Well, I mean, coming in. Well, the the setup is is uh, so our 20 acres uh, butts up to a a creek that is a sheer bluff, probably a 40 foot drop off bluff. Mm-hmm. And on this bluff, there's probably a half mile of creek that leads that the bluff's on, and there's a washout where another creek comes into it, washes into it. Well, it's the only place that those deer can come off the big bedding area up above and come down to the cornfield to feed. And I mean, the setups, I mean, 100% if, if you got a buck using it right, that's the only place that they can cross. Gotcha. So he comes in, and, it, and uh, how how far was he, or uh, and what time was it? Uh, so he come out like he normally did, about six thirty, six forty five, somewhere in there. Uh, came in behind us, which I'd kind of expected. I actually came in and moved the stand just a little bit so she would be and trimmed the shooting lane so she'd be able to shoot behind us. But uh, he was he was at thirty five yards. Uh, and he was going to work into 15, 10 to 15 yards like he'd done every other day. But she got a little, uh, she got excited and she shoots lights out at 35 to 40 yards. I mean, she practices all summer long and he stepped broadside at 35 yards and I was trying to talk her into waiting and she wasn't having any of it. She let him have it. Perfect quartering away shot. Actually ran straight up a, a waterway in the in the cornfield and died 50 yards from the truck that is wild i mean show me that picture that's crazy not far yeah, at all from they, the truck don't you wish all deer would do that after you shoot them just run to the truck yeah I, you know i wish all deer were that patternable yeah that huntable yeah <laughs> yeah because it was no it was no young deer either that was a mature buck 
talking with the neighbor that uh, has been hunting that area. He actually hunts the, the uh, top side of that. He estimated the deer at eight and a half years old. He sent me some uh, trail camera pictures from dating back into to, uh, 2018 of him, and he was still a tank back then. Holy cow. That's wild. Well, huge yeah, it, congrats to Stormy getting it done before the baby comes. And, uh, yeah, uh, you the whole time we were, the whole time we were in the stand, he was kicking. You could actually see him kicking through our coverall. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. It is her, his first deer hunt. Was she uncomfortable sitting in there and, and, uh, sitting, trying to sit in the stand that long um, period of time? Uh, not too bad. We actually we weren't in the stand. We got out there at about five o'clock, oh, okay. and uh, we're following was following blood before seven. So, just for clarification, when was that opening day? What date? Uh, date September September fifth in Missouri. Did you say the fifteenth? The fifteenth, yeah, yeah, the fifteenth. Okay, say so time frame wise, it was the fifteenth. So, you know, six forty five now, obviously that's close to the end of shooting light here. But at that point, it, you still had a lot of shooting light. Oh, it was broad. I mean, I think sunset that, he, that day was at, uh, around seven o'clock. So yeah, there was still 45 minutes of legal shooting hours left. That's awesome. Well, huge congrats to yep. both of you on that. And I know you've been hunting every chance that you can as hard as you can, probably uh, trying to beat before the baby gets here. So walk us, walk us through uh, your season after that's taken place. I mean, that's a heck of a high, but uh, I know you're chasing some good ones yourself. Yeah. Top of that's going to be tough, but up until last week, I've kind of been in a search mode, just trying to find a buck that I wanted to hunt, uh, running, have my camera spread all over. Uh, several different farms varying from 10 acres to uh, 500 acres. And and just now in the last week or so, I've had a several bucks show up and, and to their normal fall ranges. Uh, some of them bucks are uh, bucks that I chased last year that, that have actually both of them have blown up. Uh, Buck I hunted tonight, Mr. Wide Guy. We've had him for four years that we've known about him, four or five years that we've known about him. He's a seven-and-a-half-year-old buck. Always been an eight-pointer. This year he threw G4s, and he's he's an absolute giant ten-pointer. Okay. A buck that, that uh, his frame would rival anything I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get him on camera again. Is he daylighting at all or any encounters or anything like that? Well, he, he actually showed up the first time this year, like, yesterday evening at 6, like 6.15, just and spent about 20 minutes going back and forth between two scrapes. Uh, I, if I wouldn't have played golf yesterday, I would have actually been in that stand tonight, that, that evening, kind of kicking myself. But the uh, – I'm – I'm excited to chase that buck all over again. Between Josh, Kristen, and I, we've we spent probably how oh, hundreds of days on stand going after that deer. I filmed him for oh probably close to an hour last winter, uh, standing at 65 yards, just waiting for him to close the distance just a little bit more. 
Heck yeah. So you said the babies do middle of November, but in Missouri, the way the law is, if you shoot a buck now, you're not allowed to shoot another one until after gun season. Is that right? Uh, during or how's that work? During firearm season, uh, the babies do actually on opening day of our firearm season. So uh, November 12th, I, if I killed before gun season, that's when I'd have another tag again. So it, it keeps you pretty picky. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I was getting at is you definitely you definitely got to be picky. I mean, especially if all the bucks that you know you're hoping to show up haven't shown up yep. yet. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure you're chasing the one that you want to go after the most. Uh, yeah. And that, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bucks I'd like to hunt and like to go after, but with the history I have on two or three of these other bucks that I kind of wanted to save my tag for them. But on a, on a side note, it, my, uh, I'm on a time crunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Cause that's going to be a life changer for sure. And, and I'd say that is a good thing though, you know, talking about that where, you know, you can only shoot one before that gun season. I think that probably saves a lot of, of younger bucks, you know, not, not saying like that's good I or like bad, but I mean, from my standpoint, if I was there, I would be, I would like that. Yeah. It, it has its pros and cons. Once, once you punch that tag, it, it kind of uh, weighs heavy on you that you don't get to hunt again until the middle of November. Sure. It makes those September bucks look a little bit smaller when they come past you. Yeah. And then you guys have a law. What is it? What was that big, it was that big six or what it was it that, uh, was it stormy sister ended up shooting it? Uh, am I thinking? Yeah. Right? The, yeah. We have a four point restriction in our, in our County. They have to have four points on one side. They have to have four and, points uh, on one side. And this was a giant three point. I mean, a six point three on each side yeah. forever and this deer just running around being the bully and you know knocking off everything trophy wise to you on the property breeding all the does yep. and you can't do nothing about it we we've uh there's there's a few of his remnants still running around there too <laughs> oh i'm sure there's I'm sure but we, we've the year, got a, the year she did shoot him. He ended up getting a, a, a G three on each side, right? And yeah, he had a G on each side that was about an inch and a half, which was questionable. Mm-hmm. You know, from a of whether or not it was a full inch, and and didn't want to make the mistake. I mean, he was a seven and a half, eight and a half year old deer at the time, so he was definitely mature, definitely a buck that I wanted to kill. But with that point being. The way it was, it was kind of uh, hit or miss. And I'd ran, I'd ran it past our local conservation, and he said that it was – and asked his opinion on it, and he said it was best to probably bring a youth hunter in on him. Yeah. And it worked out perfect. Sid Sid couldn't have been any happier. Yep. She still talks about it every year. That was awesome. I mean, she she absolutely smashed that buck. That's That was a cool video. Grunting, snorting, uh, wheezing, it didn't you guys shoot two bucks on that hunt or am I thinking wrong? No, Stormy ended up shooting one later on. Uh, out of that same place though, right? Or real close? Uh, different farm, but okay. it was, uh, it, it ended up on the same episode on, on our 
that's, YouTube page. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, got you. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah. yeah, so you're in a time crunch. You're trying to get it done before the baby gets here because that's going to be a life changer. So you got some new bucks showing up. You got your – sounds like one of your top listers showing back up. So are you still working, got, are you uh, still working nights? I'm working – uh, as many hours as I can possibly pick up to try to build, pad the old bank account. So whenever I have to go out for maternity leave, uh, I can enjoy myself. Gotcha. So you're, even with the baby coming, you're, you're, um, uh, you're still working a lot. So you're, you're, you're not hunting a ton then. Uh, well, I've, or how's that working? I'm burning the candle at both ends. A lot of times I'm, I'm, I'll, uh, I'm checking cameras in the mornings when I get off work off nights and I'm, and I'm switching some shifts here and there so I can, uh, hunt cold fronts and, yep. but, which we got a big, a lot of, we got a big one coming in the end of next week. Yep. I, and I'm hoping I can get a switch to be there for that. Cause that, uh, middle of October is when wide guy really starts opening up scrapes and daylight and daylighting the most on, on the farm that I'm hunting them on. So you mean the October, I think you mean the October lull that doesn't exist? Yeah. The, the lull, yeah. the, the infamous lull. Yeah. That's, that's about, about a premium time to kill a target buck. Well, heck yeah, man. Well, I hope you get him and I hope you get, I hope you get your shot before the baby gets here and, you can you can relax and enjoy the time with the baby because I know you will anyway. But let's okay. be, let's be honest, you're sitting there with a newborn, uh, and you really can't do nothing literally other than just look at him and coo and call. You're gonna be looking through your phone after think- your pictures. You're gonna be itching at the. You're gonna be itching so bad. I told Stormy I'd take night shifts and she could have the day ones. That way I could hunt in the afternoons. there you go there you go i don't know if that that way or not but you can only try right right you know it looks good on paper that's right well hey man best of luck appreciate you hopping on congrats again to you and stormy both i know you guys put in a lot of time on that and how cool is that shooting it almost eight months pregnant that's that's pretty wild and i'm looking forward to sharing that story with everybody Yep, I'm, I'm excited about it, too. Hopefully, I'll have it out sometime this week. Sounds good. Well, hey, thanks for hopping on, Sean. Good luck, man. Yep, thanks. Yep, you too. Bye. All right, now on the phone, we got Chris Walker. And you hunted tonight, and you, I think you hunted all weekend. So Yeah, I hunted uh, Friday night through tonight. Right on. So, are those the only three days you've hunted? It was Friday, Saturday, and, and tonight? Uh, I hunted opening weekend as well. Okay, gotcha. So, Chris Walker, Team Radical, tell us how your season has been going so far. <laughs> on this first uh, full week of deer season. We're on October 9th, so I guess we're okay. nine, nine days in. So, Opening weekend really sucks for me. I think uh, I hunted Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday evening, and I only saw one deer from the tree stand. Um, I was hunting a particular buck that we'd been getting lots and lots of pictures of throughout the summer. And I had him on camera on September 29th, I believe, uh, right by the tree stand. Went in to hunt him. He never showed up and hasn't shown up since. So I think he's getting off his 
his pattern and moved in somewhere, but I think it's only a matter of time before he comes back. Perfect timing for him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, very convenient. Very convenient, right before season opens. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was hanging out in front of the stand for hours, took like a two-hour nap, was actually scrolled out like a dog. He was just teasing us, but oh, that's uh, how it goes sometimes. The way the cookie crumbles. So you came back to hunt this weekend, and I think uh, you and and some of your your neighbor had some had some luck or some close calls. So walk us through that, man. Yeah, so um, uh, we help out one of our neighbors and friends. Actually, a couple of them um, with running cameras and whatnot. And there was one particular buck that had been hitting this uh, turn up food pot like all week long and very consistent. And we actually noticed that from, it was kind of hard to see from the trail pictures, but he was actually still in velvet. And this is a buck that I've had three years um, of encounters with him. And uh, he actually was one of the bucks that uh, came and sniffed the dead doe that I shot um, when I shot that freak buck a couple of years ago, back in 2020. Oh, that's that buck? Yeah, it was that buck. I'll be dang. Yeah, so... I don't know what happened to him, but he stayed in velvet, uh, this year. And, um, anyways, I told, uh, Doug, he needed to go sit in the fire stand and shoot him. And I had to kind of twist his arm and talk him into it. Cause I mean, by the trail cameras, he didn't look like he was a monster by any means, but I, I, I would say like he was still a, a one fifties buck. And anyways, he went out there and killed him an hour later. And, um, turned out you know this deer was six years old huge huge body and uh when we went to gut him found out he had no testicles left and i think that's part of the reason why he was still in velvet the velvet was very hard it wasn't like soft or spongy it was kind of like it just all dried on there so but do you think he lost his testicles or you think he never had them or i don't know i think i mean he looks so he had, healthy, I know. I know it's weird. We're talking about this, but <laughs> he had the sack, right? Just no nuts were in him. Yeah, correct. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, and like in 2020, he looked healthy as could be. I mean, I thought he was in a go from 150s to maybe 170 or bigger. And uh, so obviously, he, next- he had the he had the twig too, right? The what? The twig. I'm keep, yeah, I'm keeping did. it. I'm keeping it PG thirteen here. <laughs> <laughs> like quigs, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways, yeah. you thought he was gonna blow up, and and he just never really did, right? He didn't. And I never really thought about it until afterwards. But my encounter with him last year, and I filmed him. He kind of looked goofy because he was super. His belly was super fat, and it was a big deer, but his neck just wasn't swell. You know, he didn't swell up at all, and he had like kind of these long eyelashes too, and. <laughs> You know, this year, <laughs> he just stayed in velvet and had no balls, and his neck was still pretty skinny like a, a summer buck. He wasn't really uh, sold up at all like some of these other bucks are right now. Man, the time, times have changed, right? Even the deep. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Well, I'm sure Doug was probably tickle pink with him and probably yeah. first velvet buck, right? Yep. So I told him, I said, you got a drop time buck. You know, velvet one. You better go get him and check that off your bucket list. No kidding. That's awesome. I mean, for Illinois, those are hard to come by. Yeah, no kidding. October 1 is the date. 
hey, a freak accident like that, no balls to make something like that happen. That's crazy. So getting into your hunts now, I want to break it down a little bit. What are you specifically? I know you were hunting that other buck, but you changed it up this weekend, hunting some, a different spot. What are you? Yep. What were you primarily hunting over? Were you in the timber more? Were you hunting acorns? Were you hunting the food? What were you hunting? Um, I'm hunting edges. Um, really trying to stay out of the woods right now until I have a reason to really go in there. Um, there's been a bunch of mature deer on one farm, and it's um, a lot of ag. And it's all still in. And I went and sat there Friday night, and I only saw two does in a fawn. And I was hoping that some of these bucks, they were uh, hitting scrapes and around in uh, the evening and dark morning hours. And I was seeing with this cold front we had coming, maybe one would come out um, early Friday night. But that was not the case. And uh, I don't know. Actually, so I was hunting a drainage, basically, and there's uh, – a pasture and a bean field behind me and then the neighbor is still corn. So I, my guts tell me that a lot of those deer are still in that corn and, um, probably not going to daylight for a little bit longer or at least come over there until some of the corn's out. So I decided to give up on that spot. And then I went to another farm and, um, basically just hunting the edges on some little food plots that we have and, Really, I mean, I've I've had some pretty good sits uh, yesterday morning, and I guess last night. I mean, I saw a lot of deer right at dark. But what's going on is with this moon being so bright and up all night. Uh, what I've noticed is, in you know, after it warmed up yesterday, the deer are coming out right at like six forty-five to seven o'clock. It seems like. I mean, is that what you saw the last couple of days? Well, yeah. I mean the. I've seen them before then, but they're moving so slow. Like the mature bucks that I saw this weekend, they literally stood out of their beds and did not move literally like at all for an almost 45 minutes to an hour and just waiting for it to get dark before they went to their destination places. Yep. And, and, yep. and with the warm up, yeah, I mean, that doesn't help anything, but man, it kind of sucks because we had here, we had this great cold front coming in. We're all excited about it. Then you get the the moon, which not a huge fan of. Obviously, it's like a giant night light. They're gonna move at night, and then the, the like the last half an hour or forty five minutes of daylight it seems like the past three nights really here. The wind went from ten mile, twelve mile an hour to zero, absolutely non existent. Yeah. Like you could hear a tick <laughs> fart so quiet. Yeah. I mean, it's like someone just flipped the, the switch off. Yeah. I, and I was almost scared that if, if my shooter did come in, if I was going to get busted, just trying to get drawn back to shoot him, because I mean, it was that quiet. I mean, any, any extra movement or anything, I felt like, man, you know, you're going to be in trouble maybe. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it was great. We had the cold front. We're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, target bucks showing back up. I know you're getting more and more pictures of bucks and, and I guess with the crops, you kind of alluded to it a little bit ago. Are they picking crops around you now? I mean, are they going full tilt or, or no? Yeah. Yeah. They're going pretty good. Gotcha. Um, and you guys probably have rain in the forecast as well on Tuesday and Wednesday, like we do. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So 
what they're doing here is they're taking out the beans because uh, it's a lot worse picking beans when it's wet, I guess, versus picking the corn when it's a little wetter, which I want the corn to come out first, obviously, first and foremost, but it is what it is. They got to make their living, so that they're going to do what they need to do. Yeah, I think – I'm trying to remember back. I think we are quite wet early on, so – the crops got a lot of the crops got in pretty late around here, so oh yeah, I think that's uh, another reason it's kind of holding us back a little bit. Yeah, for sure, same here. So going uh, forward, uh, we got a big front, big one coming in. Well, let me let me let me back up. And, okay, okay, and, sorry. So yet, yesterday morning, we it was still it was really cold. I mean, it frost is first frost of the year, and I went and sat on um, oh, there's clover and. Uh, some real world deadly dozen on this little plot. And I saw, I think four or five bucks and probably like eight does. And these bucks would just come out of timber, eat a little bit of clover. Uh, one was, I'd say he's probably at least four years old, mature nine pointer. And, um, he, uh, was being harassed by a little eight pointer that wanted to tickle the horns. And they just kept, uh, popping out and kind of cruising along the crops from what I saw yesterday morning and then yeah last night they uh came out late and then this uh morning with it being warm and so bright I hardly saw anything and um that leads us till tonight and I I think I told you and Jake I was like I don't expect the air to come out to like 645 and it's pretty much what I saw and then right at 650 uh one of our um actually two of the best up and comers, uh, came out and one five mid one fifties, uh, four year old, some really cool, um, inside points and whatnot. Another one is a, he's actually a seven by five. And I think this year is only a three year old. And, uh, he actually went right underneath my stand. I had to wait a while to get down and, uh, I had a loud truck come by. So I took that and used that to my advantage to get out of the stand and, once I hopped on my bike, I could hear those two bucks were sparring in the middle of the bean field, and I was able to sneak out of there tonight. Perfect. So are you hunting tomorrow morning? Um, I think so. I think I, mean, I think I might just hop out for – or go out for like an hour or so. Um, I don't know. From what I've seen, it's like they're moving up until like, I don't know, 8 o'clock, and then kind of shut down right now once it starts to get warmer. Yeah, yeah. So that leads us into next week. Uh, right. The cold front is moving in here on Thursday. Same thing for you? Yep. Gotcha. When's the next time you're going to be able to get back out then after tomorrow morning? Oh, well, there's what I would like to do and what Sydney <laughs> has been playing. <laughs> Are a little different. So, yeah. I, I would like to be able to go Thursday night and then – uh, we have someone watching our son this weekend and I'm taking Sydney this weekend, but I was telling her, I'm like, Thursday night looks awesome. Friday morning looks awesome. So does Monday. So I'm going to try and hunt those, uh, you know, Thursday night through Monday as much as I can, or just, you know, just be in there, staying in the evening hours minimum if I can be. Yeah. So you mentioned you, you've been hunting some mornings. Are you, mm-hmm. are you hunting on the edge of food in these morning spots or where, where exactly um, are you hunting in the mornings? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So are you, bump, are you bumping any deer getting in? 
Uh, I haven't yet. You haven't yet. Okay. No. Um, I did bump. <laughs> I think I bumped a five-year-old buck uh, Friday night when I went in. Deer was on one of our cameras at uh, around 11.30 a.m. And I went out to go hunting and kind of forgot about it. And I should have thought a little bit more about it, my access to the stand, because I figured if I walked through the bean field, I'd make a bunch of noise. So I was trying to walk on the edge of the beans in the grass and uh, hit some leaves and he was bedded down right off that field. So he took off, but left me uh, with some knowledge for next time on being a little more careful on my access to that particular spot. Yep. For sure. Live and learn, man. Yeah. I was glad uh, it was him and not one of the other ones, but he's still a cool buck and hoping that Sid and I can catch up with him next weekend. I'm going to try and get her gear and we'll see what happens. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure she's looking forward to that. And so are you. Yeah. A little break when you can find a babysitter is really nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Take it. Every chance you can get. That's yeah. right. Take it any yeah. chance you can, you can get. So, That's right. well, good luck, man. And we'll uh, definitely follow back up with you a little later on. And I, I'm hoping we can, so some of us can knock one down, you know, this end of this next week and into the weekend. Oh yeah. I thought it was going to be this weekend, but just warmed up a little warmer than I thought. And I, I don't know if this was playing the whole time, but yeah, it just got the moon. Really warm. The moon. Yeah. Did you notice like the last two, the last two evenings, last two days, there's not been a single cloud in the sky, just bright blue sky both days here. Not a cloud, oh. nothing. And so when that moon starts coming up, I mean, it's just like, whoop, there's a flashlight. I haven't even, I didn't even need a headlamp getting out. And I got oh, yeah, far, yeah. far track in. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I was kind of mad. I got to this, the blind a little, I don't know, it was probably ten, five, ten minutes before shooting light this morning. But if I'd been there a little sooner, I could have uh, got some awesome pictures of the moon setting. It was giant. It looked awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, hey, man, good luck. I'm going to hop on the phone now with, with Logan, and I know he had a really good encounter on that opening weekend. So good luck, awesome. and we'll follow up with you again, man. All right, sounds good. See you, man. Yep, have a good night. See you, Chris. All right, now on the phone I've got Logan Kane, and your daughter just had her first birthday, and I know you had your hands full this weekend. that all go good? Yes, yes, it did. Uh Took her to the pumpkin patch uh, today and uh, got to hang out. It was just a nice day to spend time with her. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Beautiful day. Yeah. You're not too far from me, so I know we're having basically the same weather. <laughs> yep, yep. But, hey, opening opening week or weekend there, um, you uh, had a really good hunt. And I want to kind of break that down a little bit and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But you uh, picked up – this is a newer piece of property to you. Is that right for this year? Yes. Yep. I picked it up uh, uh, earlier in August, I believe. Okay. And you put up cameras and and yep. wasn't long, and you got a really, really cool, unique big buck on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the backstory on it is uh, last year after I'd shot my two deer uh, on on uh, that farm, the farmer runs trail cameras out there. He doesn't hunt, but he likes running trail cameras. And I had taken mine down, and he had sent me a picture and 
late November of a deer that just had just monster brow tines. And, uh, I just, I knew I had to find that deer. I had to pick that deer up. And, uh, this, uh, this summer I made it my mission to pick up a few pieces around this farm that, uh, the farmer had got this picture, this deer up and, uh, knocked on some doors and got permission to a few places and sure as crap, uh, on one of the farms to the West of where I was hunting, uh, I picked up a picture of them on August 15th and, uh, I just knew right away it was that deer. It's brow tines are at least 12 or 13 inches, I'd say. And, uh, that's kind of, I saw, I named him Waldo because, uh, I was kind of trying to find him, pick him back up. So, yeah. So describe this deer. It's like, is he a mainframe eight? He's a mainframe eight and he has, uh, like I said, just monster brow tines. He's got kickers coming from his bases. He's just got a lot of trash. He's just a gnarly, gnarly looking buck. Heck yeah. So then opening weekend, you, Describe this spot like you're you're hunting on the edge of a bean field. Is that right? Yeah. So the spot is it's not too big. It's only probably fifteen acres, and I'm hunting on the on the tip of a, a hedgerow, and then I got beans and uh, in front of me, and then I got corn to the south of me, and uh, back to the east of me. It would be the north side of this hedgerow that I'm hunting. It's a big CRP field. And from where I had been getting, I figured he was betting in that CRP field. But uh, I had, hadn't got any daylight pictures of him other than one that I had of him in the morning. So I really going into the hunt, I wasn't, you know, too high on confidence. But, you know, you just never know. Right. So I, I uh, that that week, that Sunday was the first day we had an east wind, and I needed an east wind to hunt that spot. You got to have straight east. Yeah, it was, really? it, it, was, it was east northeast. Okay, I need something. I needed something to blow it out into that field. But uh, so finally get that east wind, and that night I had got a picture of him at eleven o'clock at uh, in the middle of the night, and, and so I knew it was at least in the area. So I get out there and uh, get my tree, and what, this will all tie into the story. But I had three coyotes come by me uh, before it was even five o'clock. They were just—I'd never—they were just going everywhere, every which direction, yipping, yapping, and uh, so comes uh, six o'clock, and uh, I look behind me in that CRP field. And I see uh, Waldo going through the CRP behind me into the bean field. And I'm like, oh, crap, no way. Six o'clock, like, is this really going to happen? Uh, so he goes out into the beans there, and he's a, about 50 yards, I say, I'd say. And he's munching on the beans out there. And I'm like, well, let me get my range finder out and get a good range on him. And, of course, I've been using my range finder that whole night and it was perfectly fine when I pulled out to get a range on them my batteries had died in my uh range finder no and I'm going oh my goodness I couldn't reach down to my pack 
where I had an extra battery because I was afraid I was, you know, he would see the movement. Yeah, like he's within bow range about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it. so I'm watching them out in the beams there, and I'm like, well, I know where at least 20 yards is, you know, from what I had ranged earlier. I was like, if he he comes within range, I'll, um, I'll make the shot, but. Also, where he was, where he was at, he was behind a. Uh, where my camera was angled, he was behind uh, some leaves, so it just wouldn't have made for a good, you know, a good video. Also, just how he was there, but uh, so we fed out there for about ten minutes, and then <laughs> moseyed back into the CRP. He wasn't spooked or anything. It's like he just kind of went out there to check things out for a little bit, and then he made his way back in the CRP. And uh, as he's making his way back in, three does pop out. And I was, I had just moved my camera off of Waldo there. And uh, one of the does kind of, she had to have seen me because she started doing the, the Egyptian. And uh, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This is not good. I have my cover blown here. And he's walking, you know, walking away at this point. If he hears blowing, he's going to know something's up. And uh, those does are making their way, and one of the main, one of the big does is kind of looking up at me, and then she'd walk three or four more steps and eat some beans and then look back up at me, and I'm like, oh. how my wind was blowing it out in the field, eventually she was going to get my wind. And uh, all of a sudden, those coyotes just started howling their heads off and ended up blowing that whole field out. So it ended up saving my butt that these coyotes, at, this is around 6.30 now, start, you know, daylight, start just howling the heck, howling their heads off. Oh, uh, so quick. they were your saving grace. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of cool having that on video, just hearing them, uh, you know, howling and stuff and how it kind of saved much. But... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So you weren't able to go back in and hunt again. You had other stuff come up and you like yep. and, and then from that point we haven't had another easternly wind since then. No. Nope. So and I'm thinking what I'm gonna try to do though is Thursday we have that temp drop mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be a uh I believe it's gonna be a west northwest wind. Mm-hmm. And that would blow it uh, down this hedge, down the hedge row. I didn't have one deer pop out of there, so I may may risk it and see if uh, uh, just kind of blow it down that hedge row. And if he's bedded in that CRP, I'd be fine. But and if that, he and that's to that that's where he row. came from before, right? Yep, yep. This this big CRP field. Yeah, and you said the other field is a is a corn field. There's a corn and bean field. Is yep. that right? Yep. Yep. So the chances are he's either going to bed in the corn or the or the or the CRP is your thought. Yes, yes, and and, and hoping he's in the CRP. Yes, yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh man, that yeah. I remember you showed me that video and I was like, oh man, so close, so close. Yeah. It just what uh, what are the chances that my uh, brain fighter die? You know that's yeah. <laughs> On a day like what was it? Probably seventy-five degrees or seventy. Like yeah. it's not like it was super cold out or anything where the battery would have just went dead. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's terrible. I I, I do the same thing. I keep an extra in my backpack, but I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I, I bought the lithiums. Uh, yeah. Just because I was freaked out that that's going to happen. But yeah. Because you can range stuff prior, you know, as much mm-hmm. as you can. But until they're, I mean, in a bean field, what are you supposed to range? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's billions of pods. Like you're, yeah. you know, you gotta try to find a weed, I guess, if you can. Yeah, that, that's hard to do on, especially a lot of farms nowadays. Are you know, most of them are weed yeah. free. Yeah, so, exactly. And so. It was just, just not worth flinging an arrow for no reason, especially yep. on October. It was October third. Yep, yep. So if you got so. you got a camera out there, have you got any more pictures of them since or? I had them, uh, let's see, the last time I had them was, I want to say two or three days ago. Okay. Uh, it was a, actually, it was the seventh. It was the seventh was the last time I had them out there. And he, it was uh, 7.20 when he came out. Okay, so Friday. On my, uh, yep. Right on. Well, you're but, close. And, and like I said, we got that cold front coming. I'm guessing that's going to get his butt on his feet maybe hopefully a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping uh, Thursday's the day. And he'll come out uh, with uh, – so I guess if he's bedding the CRP and you have a west-northwest wind, which way mm-hmm. from the CRP is the bean field uh, direction-wise? Direction-wise, it's west of the CRP. It's west of the CRP? Yep. So he would be walking with the wind to his back to the beans? I'd say E. Yes. Yep. Ooh. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it could happen. It might happen. Yeah. I get, and Friday, Friday actually was a uh, west-northwest wind. Friday yeah. was. Yep. So it could definitely happen. Yep. And I, and I hope it does. I hope it does. Yeah. And hopefully that yeah. range finder gives you that range. <laughs> I know. Or no, I hope you don't even need it. I hope he's 20 yards. Yeah. Broad exactly. daylight. 6 yeah. p.m. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. That'll be epic. <laughs> I think you're on him, dude. I think I think you got yeah. a good shot. Yep. I think, uh, you know, hopefully I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a cameraman come Thursday. So awesome. all I have to do is have my range finder and – Shoot straight. Yep. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, best of luck right. to you, man. I appreciate you hopping on and tell your daughter happy birthday for me and have a good night, man. I for sure will. You too. All right. See you, Logan.